Hello, friends. Maestro here bringing you episode 369 of Maestro on the Mic doing it Thursday. Shorty style. In today's episode, I'm answering the question, I did the thing, now what? This episode is for you if you've been listening to my podcast, you've been reading my emails, you follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm all about doing the thing, and maybe you decided to do the thing, you put yourself out there, you launched your business, and now you're like, okay. Okay, so what do I do? I gotcha. All this and more, but first, hey DJ, gimme that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, my podcast people, and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by a question from one of you dope Insta homies. Tammy, shout out to you for this question. I'm actually super excited to record this one. So excited that I was thinking about standing up to record it, but my knees are kind of sore because I did a little bit too much the other day working out, but I had volleyball yesterday and I had played volleyball again today and you know sometimes you just overdo it and so I'm gonna sit down but I am actually very excited for this episode namely because it's questions like these that allow me to really organize my thoughts and get really clear on what my approach is and what I want to be recommending right at the end of the day folks it all works like every approach to things works the important part is that you establish what your approach is and what you want to be doing so there's certain things that maybe I don't like doing, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and like you know talk shit about them. But it is really helpful when I can get super clear on my approach and what it is that I believe in, and you know just basically niching down and doubling down on something and being like, yeah, this is my opinion about this, and if it helps you, awesome. If you don't want to hear it and you want some other advice, you are more than welcome to go somewhere else. So. Tammy's question was, let me, I'm just going to read it. Uh, Thanks to you, I made my decision to put myself out there. No inquiries so far, but I know it takes time. Do you have an episode about, quote, I did the thing, now what? End quote. So this episode is, I did the thing, now what? So first off, shout out to you, Tammy, for putting yourself out there. Shout out to any of you who are listening to this, putting yourself out there, uh, especially those of you who reach out and are like, I listen, I've been listening, I've been following you, I've been, you know, reading your emails, things like that, and you've inspired me. Like, folks, that just like, I can't even express just what that feels like. And just thank you. When you share that with me, thank you. So shout out to all of you. So you did the thing, what now? I'm going to circle back to about two minutes ago, a minute ago, where I said, everything works. This is going to be my opinion my suggestions for next steps. So first off, I'm going to suggest that you do whatever removes the urgency from your life. Now, typically that urgency is there because we need resources, the main resource being money, 
right? So whatever you can do to remove that need for money is actually going to be the best thing to help you make money and ultimately succeed. So whether that is getting a part-time job, you know, staying in your current job while you build this thing up, I highly recommend that if you've been listening for any point of any amount of time, you know that I'm very, you know, anti-burn the ships before you have your new ships made, before you have your life raft, you know, get your shit together with that. So number one, remove that urgency. The The second thing that I'm going to say is that I believe that every successful online business starts in person. So that in mind, I would strongly encourage you to seek out, think about in-person opportunities where you can refine your skills, when you can, where you can get your feet wet, and honestly, where you can learn on someone else's dime. I know we are in this entrepreneurial renaissance, and you know it's just like everyone's talking about being their own boss and things like that, which there is, it's, it's great. Like I, I am fully unemployable at this point, but I didn't start here. I started off in a traditional physical therapy model, and I would not change that. If I could go back, I would do the same thing. That safety net it allowed me to do what I'm doing today. So in my opinion, I would go and look for in-person opportunities. I think it's also just easier to find. What I'm going to talk about in this episode is kind of the organic route for online growth, but that shit is slow. And it's a lot of it's out of your control. At least when you're in person, you can like go walk over to that gym and apply to work there. You can go to that physical therapy office, whatever it is. You have a lot more control over the situation. So I personally believe that your online business, your successful online business will start in person. You know, one of my favorite people, Jill, same thing. She started in person. All of her fitness stuff, she was a personal trainer. We talked about her story, you know, had her on and talked about her story before. Uh, like the only person I can think of is Aaron Straker. And he does online nutrition. And uh, his business, he went right into the online space. But he did bring his in-person skills, which is he like is a program developer or something like that. And so he had like this the online savvy. And so there was, you know, some crossover with that. But the actual thing he does, you know, he's I think he's one of the only people that I know that uh, went directly online. You know, his his business partner, uh, his podcast partner, Brian Borstein. I brought him on the podcast. He started in person as well, right? He owned a gym. He was training in person and then moved into the online space. So I personally believe the most successful online businesses, the most successful service-based online businesses, I should say, start in person. So I would start off by looking for in-person opportunities. That can also help to remove that urgency, that financial urgency, because you got some money coming in. We will circle back to this because Tammy asked for some tangible steps on how to attract those first clients. So we'll circle back to this in-person concept. But if we're going to think about, okay, well, I want to do some stuff online. What do I do now? We're going to go into that now. So the number one thing that I believe you got to do because the or you it would be it would be it would behoove you to do because the space is so crowded. The space is very noisy. Anyone who's telling you otherwise is lying to you. I know it's like nice, you know wishful thinking and like it's not saturated it is there's always room at the top there's always room for folks who are the best but there's a lot of fucking people doing the same things and the same things right now so as it relates to the online space i believe the most important thing to do to start off with is to start trying to niche down ideally if you know what you want to do who you want to be helping the problem you want to be solving that's phenomenal 
But more more times than not, or more often than not, people don't know what they want to be doing. You don't necessarily know exactly the problem they want to be solving or who they want to be working with. So the faster you can start to at least weed out who you don't want to be working with and the problems you don't want to be solving and the ways you don't want to be solving them, the better. So you can create space to figure out what it is you actually want to do. So I've dropped this before. Uh, Courtney, if you could uh, drop the link for uh, my FT3, that's my first this, then that. Uh, it's a handout, it's a worksheet, workbook, we'll call it. Uh, it's a an e an e download. So you got to enter your email, and then you can get that. And that's something I de- that I designed to help people ask themselves better questions and a lot more questions, so that they can get started niching down. So the first thing that I would recommend as it relates to making moves in the online space is start niching down. Use that bio as your anchor. Challenge yourself to get out specifically what it is that you do, who it is that you help. This is often one of the hardest things for people to do, especially women, I'm going to say, because they have a really tough time asking for what they want. And this is what the bio is. It's, it's explicitly and specifically asking for what you want. So I would start there. Yes, the bio can and will change. Your niche very likely can and will change. I think that, you know, Courtly Conley, my girl, is probably the only person whose niche hasn't changed. She's been feet since day one, and she's still talking about feet. So good on you. Love you, Court. So we know that uh, as it relates to organic growth, it is a slow burn, long play game. This is why I said it's not a bad idea to also have some sort of in-person job, something that's that's able to supplement this and you can make money, whether it is directly in your field or not, just something that's going to give you that, that money because this is a, a long play game. So the approach that I believe in and the approach that I teach is very much that kind of Simon Sinek approach, or however he pronounces his last name, of don't find a product, excuse me, don't find people for your product, create a product for your people. Translation, build the audience first, then look to create the product for them. So with my approach, I am all about showing up in the digital space and teaching everything you know. Build a shit ton of trust with people by just giving, 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 teaching, 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 teaching. We know that the sales cycle is incredibly long, meaning the time it takes for someone to actually buy something once they've been introduced to your ecosystem. It's a long time. So I'm not certain that we can expedite that, but I do think that we can slow it down. And the best thing we can do to not slow it down is to simply teach everything we know and look to build trust every single day and provide value for people every single day. If you want help with this and how to show up in the online space, I'm going to plug, yes, I am, my Instagram intensive. Round 12 will start sometime in September. But, you know, for those of you who will be like, what the fuck, not till September? Well, what else are you going to be doing? Like the time's going to pass anyway. (laughs) Practice, go, you know, create posts on your own until September and then you can sign up. But uh, Courtney, if you could drop the link for the waitlist, that would be amazing. All right. So if you're looking to learn specifically how to use Instagram and, and how to, you know, what to post and how to post and how to show up there, that's what I'm going to recommend, recommend number one. If you are looking for specific steps, actionable steps, guidance on how to run and create an online business, that's my girl Jill. Right? That is her FBA program. The people who do the best, and I will say this, the people who typically do the best in FBA are folks that have already gone through the intensive and they 
have an audience and they understand how to show up in the online space because that is where the eyes are. That's where the customers are, right? So you could have the best offer, but if you got no fucking eyes, it doesn't matter. If you have no trust, it doesn't matter. This is why I teach the intensive. This is why I put first and foremost, find your, or determine your niche and then look to provide value, okay? So those are the two you know, uh, programs that I'm going to recommend in terms of, of specific steps. If you're looking to monetize this, you know, immediately, then my recommendation would be to productize your offer. And typically your first offer is going to be a one-on-one sort of thing. For the most part, there are exceptions to this. I really do think that one-on-one tends to be the easiest and just having that offer available. You don't need as much volume for one-on-one. In order to run a group program and kind of have it be financially worth it, oftentimes you need more people, you need more eyes in the audience. Whereas if you got one-on-one, well, you don't need as many people. It justifies a higher price point. There's more trust there and there's more you know, FaceTime there. So I would say if you're looking to monetize in the online space, number one would be to make sure that you have some sort of offer so that you can provide next steps for people. Right? You're providing a ton of free value for them by posting every day, sharing your content. But then the next step for most people will be one-on-one coaching. As it relates to this one-on-one coaching, I used the, the word before, productizing that service or productizing that offer. Meaning if you want to give it a name, you can. But more importantly, you got to give it an outcome. Like what can you promise with this thing? What's the price? What are the deliverables? Who is it for? What's the problem that it is solving? Get specific with those things. And then when someone, you know, inquires and you can say, cool, I have this thing. This is what we do. This is what you will look like on the other side of it. This is like the goals that we're going to go after. This is how long it is. This is the price point. This is how often we would meet. So you want to just get very, you know, tactical with this. Now, that's not necessarily the best way to quote unquote sell something, but you do want to at least have the structure of this offer. When we start to think about actually selling something, we want to make sure that people understand the inherent value of something. So if you were to be like, yeah, we have two calls a week, people don't really understand like, well, what the hell is that for? Like, what are we doing on that? So you have to take it to the next step. Oftentimes using that phrase, so you can, right? Jill talks about this, uh, using that phrase, so you can. After, you, after that deliverable, after that specific deliverable can be helpful in helping that person understand the value of this thing. But suffice to say that within this step, your goal is to productize your service, right? Make it something tangible that people can understand and link for them to specifically how this thing solves their problem, right? So what they're going to look like on the other side of this, how long it's going to take, I'm, as I'm saying this, I know we have physical therapists out there and it's like, but it could take a really long time. Fuck, then say that. I'm not saying that you need to make this thing a six week, like miracle drug. Be honest about things. Right? Transparency is, is, is paramount. I've been working with James Olivia. I've been taking their skills intensive and uh, relate skills intensive. And I'll be doing a, a summary of that, like an episode probably specifically dedicated just to that. But Transparency is everything. Like the way that things are sold these days, the way that things are fucking marketed is so sleazy and so grimy. Y'all know I'm not about that. But until I get my thoughts like specifically together and, and organized, suffice to say, just say what the thing is. Be honest about it. 
if you're just starting out and you don't know, say what you do know. This is again why it can be better to start off and learn on someone else's dime so you know roughly how long it takes for this thing to get better. You know how long it takes for you, for you to get X results with a very compliant co- compliant client. That was a little hard to say. Right? There's so much value in getting those reps and getting that experience. Okay, so... We said, first, we're looking to niche down. Second thing we're looking to do is teach everything you know on the socials. And if you're looking to monetize, we want to make sure that we're going in with an offer that we have productized. Circling back, again, my big thing is to build the audience first and then create the product for them. So I know we just talked about productizing a service or productizing your offer. I'm saying that because of the question that I received. And for those of you that are on this, in the space and you're like, well, you know, what, how do I make money? What do I do? Like th- that is one way to do it. My preference is that you, number one, provide a ton of value, ton, ton, ton of value. And you're sharing every day and you're teaching everything that you know. At some point, people will ask you questions. They may not ask, can I pay you? Oftentimes, they don't ask you that. They start asking you questions. When that happens, if you take a step back, you have to think about, hey, these people are starting to view me as an expert in this thing or as a reliable resource, a trustworthy resource in this area. That's when you can really look to start productizing something and making a paid solution to the problems that they are asking you about. If you tune into the uh, episode I just did with Sarah Doan, uh, Courtney, if you could link that, awesome. That was uh, this week's long episode on Monday. She talks about this. She started getting, she had a bunch of questions and then she productized the service and then suddenly there were crickets, which can happen, right? People love free shit, right? They love it. She went then and productized it and those people are gone, but in productizing it, she was also able to attract or have something, I should say, not attract. She was able to have it, something for when she did come across her perfect client, right? Her perfect avatar when that person was in the ecosystem and and was ready to uh, pay for a solution, she had that solution based on the other questions that she was getting. Now, for those of you wondering, like, should I hire a coach to do this? I actually just recorded an episode. I think it's episode number 366. I also answered basically that very question in episode 357, which was like a compilation of Instagram uh, question and answers uh, from the Q&A box. And whether you hire a coach or not is largely dependent upon you. Some people really like that. Some people like puzzling things out. What you're going to find is that most coaches, <laughs> they're running a coaching business. And so oftentimes what people look to do is prove the value of their thing. And they like to twist the knife on pain points. And they'll be like, it'll take so long if you don't hire me and those other things. And it's like, well, you can tune into the last episode that I recorded about this, episode 366, to hear my full opinion on that. But, you know, do I think coaches need coaches? No. Do I think that coaches can be helpful? Absolutely. Do I think that there's a lot of false promises out there? Yes. Do I think that you should do your homework? You should, you should decide, you know, what typically helps you, what approach typically helps you, what you actually, your actual goals are? Yes. Those are things you want to be going into this potential um, trans- relationship, transaction with. The biggest thing to understand is that hiring a coach doesn't guarantee your success. People think like, oh, I'll hire it and then I'm going to like win. I'd be like me being like, I'm going to hire a coach and I'm definitely going to win the tournament next week. Like that doesn't make sense. 
Can you improve in specific things? If you have a good coach, it's a good match and you do the work, sure. Does it guarantee an outcome? Does it guarantee your business is going to thrive? Does it guarantee you're going to have a five-figure launch, six-figure year, you know, 11 billion-figure life, whatever? No. So whether or not you hire a coach to help you with this is largely up to you. I do believe in kind of that try it out first, figure out what you need help with, and then go ask for specifics. I'm thinking about right now, like, you know, I go to class, but the the way that my, I go to volleyball class, but the best way that my, if I'm going to take one-on-one sessions, the best way to utilize that and make the most of that time is to actually go in with like something specific that I want to work on. So it's really helpful to, you know, I play a ton. I take a class and I also play a ton. So I'm starting to understand like where the holes in my game, you know, are. And you know, I have a new partner, a new beach partner. And so we know what we need to work on. We just enter a tournament. We have a bunch of film, we have a bunch of footage. So we've tried things. And in trying things, we've seen, okay, we are struggling in this area or this isn't working. Now we can go hire a coach to fix that thing. It still doesn't guarantee that we are going to win the next tournament, but it does help us accomplish the goal of fixing those things that have holes. And we can lean on the expertise of the coach to, I don't want to, again, not to guarantee our success or guarantee our victory in that tournament, but to use his expertise and his experience to say, okay, I have coached and I've been in this, you know, field for X, you know, however long. And typically the things that I see that lead to success are X, Y, and Z. You can consider working on those things, right? So you can get some guidance in that way. But if you're going in with like no idea, no problems yet, you don't even know what to focus on, you are number one going to get someone else's approach, which isn't a bad thing. I just want to lay it out there. Uh, And two, you may, you know, have not the, not the best game plan there because you're just like, let's just try to work on everything. In my opinion, you are oftentimes best served by getting started, figuring out where the holes are or what you're you know not so good at, and then you can enlist some help. And like I said, if you're looking for a program that is Instagram specific, I reckon my, recommend my intensive. If you're looking for a program that is online business specific in general, like zero beginner to, you know, zero beginner and moving you forward, that's going to be Jill's FBA program. And then typically from there, uh, we have people that try to, they, I don't want to say try to enroll, they apply. That's the word I'm looking for. They apply for legacy. And again, the people that do the best in legacy, have the best success in legacy are those that have an audience already. They're not coming into legacy looking to build the audience because that shit takes time. So we build the audience first, which is one of the earlier steps that I said, and then we can look to monetize. Circling back just a little bit and hiring a coach, I want to just reiterate that point that yes, it all works. All of the strategies out there work. And that's why, Tammy, I'm really grateful that you asked this question because I get to share my approach and get specific with it. Uh, you know, my organic approach. And number one, that is don't burn the ships, have some sort of way to remove that urgency. Typically, it's going to be some sort of in-person opportunity whether you're keeping the in-person opportunity or you're, you know, uh, uh, applying for a new in-person opportunity. And then we can be looking to branch into, build into the online space, which I know in your case you have. So the steps for that are going to be niche down, teach everything you know, productize the service, and then keep going. That's the most important thing. Keep going. Now, I said earlier in the episode that we would, uh, I'm saying now a lot in this episode, it is what it is, we're not editing that out. 
but early in the episode, I talked about that kind of the in-person component and the in-person concept. I really do believe that the majority of successful online services, online service businesses started in person. To that end, I really do believe that it would behoove people to go and seek out those in-person opportunities, whether it's as a trainer, a physio, physical therapist, OT, you know, Cairo, whatever the fuck it is. Start in person. Phenomenal episode that would be probably helpful, possibly a helpful resource for you uh, as the episode I did with Betsy Foster. Courtney, if you could link that. Thank you. Uh, she talks about the value of working in a commercial gym. I, I know that, again, we're in this entrepreneurial renaissance and people are like, work for yourself, do it yourself. Yes, and there's a whole lot that goes into it. Like, where the fuck are you getting your clients from? So that in mind, it can be really helpful to have somebody else getting you those initial clients. You can get those reps your, you know, on their dollar. You can learn how to train people. You can learn how to get results. You can learn how to do whatever. And then you can move and, and use that, number one, for online content that looks to attract that audience. And then you can sell to them. In terms of, you know, first offers, yes, I said one-on-one is typically your best bet. Tammy had asked about, you know, running free things. And there's tons of options for that. Yes, you can totally run some sort of free challenge. That is a business model. I don't love that approach. Plenty of people out there do like doing that. I am a big believer in, you know, when you're first starting out, typically you're not going to be like, okay, my, my services are $300 an hour and, you know, this, that more advanced, I don't want to say model, but that more advanced approach. But if that's where you're, where you're at, awesome. Like I said earlier, all the approaches work and you'll go online, go on Instagram and you're going to see, you're going to see ads for people saying, you know, your first offer should be high ticket and fuck the low ticket stuff because you need so much volume for it. You're going to have other people saying low ticket is the way to go and you can just create some online funnel that will just automate things. That's a lie, by the way. Uh, but you can just, you know, put money in those cases. You can just throw money at it, run ads, and you don't have to actually do anything. You're going to see a ton of different approaches. I'm here in this episode to tell you my approach, which is that organic approach which is kind of like a hybrid approach because I do believe that there should be the in-person component first. You take all of those reps that you're getting in person, you share that information online, and you look to attract more of those people. You have a service for them, kind of whether it's officially productized or in your mind, that would be a next step. It's typically going to be your one-on-one offer as opposed to a group program or something like that just because you need more volume for those group programs. One-on-one is phenomenal to start with because then you can also see what problems people have. And when you start answering the same question a bunch, you start seeing the same thing come up a bunch, then suddenly you're like, hey, I could teach this in a group capacity. For certain things, it's a bit easier than other things to have this group model I'm going to leave that creativity up to you, but having the one-on-one first where you can get the data and then you can synthesize these things, that's typically going to be your best bet. So as it specifically relates to where do I get these first clients from, number one, I do believe that they should be in person and then, or, or I'm thinking caveat here, if you're specifically online 
this could be the type of thing where you do work for somebody else, where you are part of a coaching staff or something for someone else. And I mean, I would go into it being hugely transparent about, you know, if you're trying to start your own thing, but working for someone else can absolutely provide that, that, that benefit of getting, getting the reps. As I'm saying this and you're listening to this, you should in your head start understanding why if you work for someone else, you shouldn't be keeping or expecting to keep all of the money because they're probably doing so much of the work in acquiring those customers. Yes, delivering the actual service is very hard and very important, but we know that getting the eyes, getting the customers is the hardest part. So consider that if you are an employee or you're looking to get employed, the value of that, the importance of that, and perhaps we won't be expecting like to keep 100% of, of the monies, okay? So that might be the, the little caveat there of if it's all online. But those first eyes coming from ideally in person or they're coming from you've provided a ton of value. Give, 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 give. I know it's not the answer that people want to hear. I know that they're like, but should I just like run a challenge and then like people will do this thing? You could try it for sure. And one of the things that, uh, you know, people will ask me questions and I know that they, I'm grateful that they respect my opinion on things. I also want to encourage you to remember that it's all just data. I want you to try things out for yourself and then take the data from there. All right. So that's one part of that. The second thing is just because I say it doesn't mean it's, that it's going to work immediately. Uh, but also the things that I say are typically long play games. So eventually they do work out. But I'm thinking, you know, the specific question that was asked and the person was like, I'm thinking about doing this. Do you think that I should? And one, I don't love should, uh, but two, I want you to all to get really clinical with things. I try to remove the emotion. Yeah, I get it. We're emotional creatures and we care about these things. But when we're delivering the service and then afterwards when we're debriefing, we have to get clinical about it and say, okay, what went well? What didn't go well? What can I do better? Right? And for many times, many people, oftentimes when they go, I said for many times, oftentimes, for many people, oftentimes when they go and launch something and it doesn't go so well, it can be that they didn't have the eyes for it. They try to launch a group thing. They don't have the eyes. They don't have the trust. They try to launch a one-on-one -on -one thing. They don't have the eyes. They don't have the trust. If you wait to launch, if you give, 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 you keep showing up. You can say that you have one-on-one, -on -one, but you're not, doing this, not necessarily doing some specific kind of, kind of uh, launch for it. You can say it though. But you give, you give, you give, you give, you give. You start hearing things back from people, right? You're giving via social media. You're giving via your email list. Eventually, you start to hear back from people. People are commenting. People DM you. People may respond to your emails. From there, one of the best first things you can do, right? We have this one-on-one -on -one offer in the background, but we can also create a lower-priced thing, which for me, I love webinars. You can make that shit free. Right? So yes, you could do a free week of something, a challenge. You could do a free webinar just to, again, provide value and have people see what it's like to be in your ecosystem, to learn from you. And then in the back, we always have this 
we have this one-on-one uh, offer, this next step for people that we've productized, right? We have the deliverables with it. We have the transformation. We have the duration. We have the price and all that stuff already done for that. If you folks want another resource, uh, Courtney, if you could drop the link for the value ladder, that's another uh, you know ebook, if you will, that I that I wrote, and it's just a way to to separate your offerings and start thinking about having different types of offerings and different ways to provide value for your client for your your clients to provide value for your audience and to interact with your audience outside of the traditional one-on-one, right? And just, it just stratifies things. So you see how at the different levels of the ladder, we have different offerings and how you can look to move people through if you're all of your, if, if all of your offerings kind of tie together, can make for a nice kind of customer journey. Or if you're just looking to diversify your offerings, can help you kind of visualize that, right? So if we take it back and we summarize, number one, remove urgency, that could be having a job that is one you already have and you're keeping it, you're cutting back the hours. That could be going and getting a new job that you know doesn't require a lot of brain power but will pay the bills. I firmly believe in this approach. Remove that urgency. Second, we're starting to think about in-person opportunities because I truly believe that the majority of successful online service-based uh, businesses started in person. They got skills from there. As it relates to the online component of things, number one, we're going to start by niching down. Yes, your niche will change and likely evolve and grow as you go and as you learn your no. What a little poem that was. But we want you to at least start out by thinking about going in this certain direction, solving a specific problem for a group of people. We know that the organic route, which is my favorite route and what I teach, is very slow. So we're going to be looking to do, remove that urgency, supplement that income, and then teach everything you know. Provide a ton of value on social media. A ton. I want you teaching every single day. Showing up every single day. If you're looking for guidance with this, specifically the, the Instagram component, I'm going to recommend my Instagram intensive. The link for the waitlist is in the show notes. If you're looking for more strategic guidance as it relates to online business in general, that's going to be Jill's FBA program. The two complement each other incredibly well. And if you can go through the intensive either at the same time or before you go through FBA, you will be better off. I promise we've seen it. And then people come out, they're crushing. And then if they want to move on to our legacy mentor mind, they're welcome to apply for that. Next part, should you hire a coach? Do you need to hire a coach? I'm going to refer you back to episodes 366 and episode 357 for my full thoughts on that, right? The big thing to take away from that is that hiring a coach does not guarantee your success. I think there's a lot of value in trying things out your first, that is in trying things out yourself first and then looking to fill the gaps, get some more specific guidance with things from a coach. If you are the type that you're like, man, I need guidance from the jump. I like to have my hand held. I like to you know, have things laid out for me. Then go ahead and hire a coach. But make sure that number one, your values are aligned because people will try to sell you fucking anything. So you show up with your integrity and you make sure that you ask them the questions and that your values, they must be aligned. And then second, that you know that this does not guarantee your success. Hiring a coach does not guarantee your success. Understand that. As long as you understand that, cool. 
you, you can go on, go on your way. Last part here is that I circled back to the in-person component, right? Because I said, let's remove urgency. Let's get another job. That job may be online, right? I do think it can be easier to have that in-person um, or keep the current job you have. But if we circle back and we're starting to talk about, okay, well, how do I get my first clients? Well, number one, I do think there's so much value in having that in-person job. Things are open up again. People are craving in-person connection. Look for a place that you can get the experience that you want to be at. Then you can take that content, those reps, and you can share what you're learning online and look to attract more of those people. We said in terms of productizing your service or in terms of having an offer and the background, if you're looking to monetize, right? I do believe give, 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 give. In the background, we can have this one-on-one service and we've productized it, right? We're giving it a name, duration, the deliverables, the outcome, right? The problem it solves. Uh, anything else that you think w- would give this thing structure for people and help them understand what it is and help them see themselves moving through this and help them understand, will this solve my problem, right? So we're productizing that. In the online space, right? We're looking to provide a ton of value, look to attract people, look to listen to the things that they're saying, whether they're commenting, they're DMing, uh, they are emailing. And then as it relates to a different type of product besides this one-on-one, because perhaps that's just, that's a big jump for people. It's typically the most financially expensive. So the biggest financial investment. So we can create a lower tiered offer. If you want some uh, guidance around or some explanation or resource around different types of offers, I'm going to recommend my value ladder ebook. Courtney has dropped that in the show notes as well. As it relates to that first other, that first kind of lower tiered offer, I like things like a free webinar, but you can absolutely do some sort of, you know, free challenge or a low priced challenge. It doesn't have to be free. It's all going to be based on what you like to do. My biggest thing, as per always, is do whatever's going to allow you to take action, right? If you're like, I'm going back and forth with the price, just fucking make it free and just go. And then afterwards you debrief and you're like, well... I know that price wasn't a reason that people didn't sign up. And when you can go from there or you can flip it and say, okay, maybe next time I will put a price on it and see if more people show up because they're a bit more invested. It's all just data. And when you remove urgency, you realize that you have the time to collect it and then get clinical, debrief, and look to improve on your subsequent efforts. Okay. If you are thinking like, okay, but like I've seen people do challenges and then they launch stuff at the end. I call that a hard style launch. Jill is a master of it. Again, I'm going to plug FBA as the program where you can specifically learn about doing that. But guess what? That shit doesn't work if you don't have eyes. You got to have an audience. People tend to think, oh, if I have the perfect offer, people will buy. Not if there's no one in the fucking store. No one's going to buy. It doesn't matter. So we have to look to get those eyes. The way that we look to get those eyes is by putting out content. It is a slow play game. And people will use this as a way to get you to hire them. You're going to see ads on Instagram and things like that where people are like, get off the content hamster wheel. Guess what? That is the only way to do it if you're looking for that organic growth. You have to be prolific with your content. You have to be putting things out there. If you don't want to be doing that, that's totally fine. 
but please don't get scammed into these, you know, by these ads and things like that that promise you another way. The only way you're going to get eyes is by going an organic route or by going the paid traffic route. That's it. And the organic route is what I teach. It does take a long time. Is it the only way? No. It is the way that I've just been talking about for, you know, 40 minutes on this podcast episode. Yes. So again, Tammy, thank you for asking this question because it allowed me to get so clear on that. And it's just like, I see the ads, I, I see, and I kind of, you know, I want to say things to be helpful, but we, we know that the, the, the most helpful thing is the truth, right? And the truth of the matter is when you're looking to get those eyes, you have the organic way, which is putting out content. There's different ways to put out content and there are perhaps more efficient ways to put out content and you can kind of recycle things, but you still got to put the content out. You still got to show up and do the thing. The other option is to pay money, run an ad. You're going to be investing a lot of money and it's a bit of a guessing game if you haven't, if you're not putting money behind a proven organic strategy where if you're like, I just have this product and I'm just going to like put money behind it. I don't even know if it really fucking works and like, good luck. Uh, who was it? I think it was James Clear had a quote that something about like clever marketing can sell once, but only a good product or only results can sell twice, right? So you should have to be good at the end of the day, which ties back into my whole stick about getting the reps, which Tammy did bring up. She was like, you always say, if you want to get better at the thing, you have to do the thing. But how do you get started doing the thing? My, my whole TLDR for this, my too long didn't read, I guess it's too long didn't listen, is I believe in getting the reps in person first. Start in person. It's easier to find someone, you know, get a part-time job at a gym, get a part-time job at a physio place, something like that. Get some reps there. The other option is as you're online, you just need to keep showing up. This is what I teach in the intensive. This is why I teach the intensive. And no, it is not fast. This shit takes a long, long time, which is why if we circle back to point number one, I spoke about removing urgency by having something that brings in income, whether it is specifically in the field that you're trying to grow within or if it's something completely different. Okay, so clearly, folks, I am fired up about this episode. I, uh, I actually did this one in one take. Sometimes I'll stop in the episode if I'm kind of like uh, I'm going off topic. This is one take. We're going straight through with this. I'm grateful for those of you that are still listening clearly very passionate about this uh, and even more grateful uh, that she actually chose to listen. So for those of you who have done the thing and you're wondering now what, the big thing is keep going, right? Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. To list out one more time to try and close the loop of learning here, we have number one, remove urgency, get money some kind of way. Please you know, consider keeping it legal. Look for in-person opportunities. They tend to be easier to get. Uh, and then you can get some reps while you're doing that. As it relates to the online component of things, number one, niche down. Number two, teach everything you know, provide value and attract your audience. You're going to attract your first clients via providing this value and sharing and showing up every day and being prolific with your content. 
in the background, we will have that first offer, which is typically one-on-one. Make sure that you've productized it, right? You've got the name. If there's going to be a name, it doesn't have to be, but name, price, the solution, right? The deliverables, those kind of things, get them all written out so that if someone does ask you, you can say that you have this thing that's going to, that you can offer them. My favorite approach is for you to create, 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 listen to what people are saying, what questions they're asking, how they're interacting with you. And from there, we can create a lower tiered, lower priced option for them, perhaps free option for them. So you can build more trust, kind of disrupt the balance in that relationship. For more guidance on that, you can check out my value ladder. But typically, it's going to be something like a webinar or a workshop where people can then learn from you, get their problems solved. Okay. Do you need a coach that's going to be up to you? I definitely like the model of try things and then hire a coach to kind of fill things in and help you get clarity, help you get some direction. But that's up to you. You have to know yourself. Big thing there. Number one, make sure that the values are aligned. And number two, understand that a coach will not guarantee your success. Right? It's not because, oh, I paid the money. I'm going to succeed now. That's not how it works. Lastly, circling back to that in-person concept, I think it's phenomenal for getting reps, and then you can use those reps to put content out, to have content, to have things to talk about, and to gain that proficiency. At the end of the day, that is the number one thing for a successful successful business. You have to be able to get results for people. So to specifically answer Tammy's question about, okay, well, how do I get those first people from the in-person perspective? That's what I think you should be doing. Right, is go in person and look to spend time in a place, whether it's part-time or whatever, and actually have clients that are typically brought to you by somebody else. In the online space, we're going to be looking to create a ton, share value, and attract the audience. Show people that you have solutions to their problems. Listen to the things they're saying and then provide a solution for their problems. Again, I have my value ladder if you want to check that out and you can you know, learn about different lower priced options and what makes sense. But we have that one-on-one option going in the back of our mind and then we can offer some of those lower tiered things. If you're looking for how do I do like a hard style launch and like do a free challenge and then I can sell into this other thing, Jill is the goat for that. Her FBA program is the best and I'm sure she has some FitBizU episodes about that that you can go and learn. Okay. Okay. I should take a breath. I'm very excited about this episode. I love when you folks ask me, ask me questions. One, I get to be helpful, uh, which is like, you know, we're all trying to do that. Uh, But two, it helps me get clear on things. And that's, it's really fun, right? For me, clarity is a real fun thing. You're like, yeah, double down on that. That is what I believe. That is what I teach. That is what I am the best at doing. So There it all is in a nutshell. If you got questions, comments, concerns, requests for specific episodes, slide into the old DMs at The Movement Maestro. Shoot me a text. What is my number? 310-737-2345. That also works for WhatsApp. And I would love to hear from you. Okay, I'm going to officially wrap it up. Thank you, as always, for tuning in endlessly appreciative for every single one of you if you liked it if you loved it if you're picking up what i'm putting down do me a solid and share it share it with somebody share it on instagram whatever you want let's just get the word out there all right officially officially wrapping it up until next time friends maestro 